here. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. What, you turn to your neighbor and ask him, are you hoping in the horse? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you hoping in the horse? Okay, please explain gladly. You see, in the time that this psalm was written, armies essentially were comprised of people, chariots, and war horses. I mean, the sum total of an army's strength was actually the sum total of the number of horses that they had. And so when the psalmist is making a declaration here, that a king is, is uh, no king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man's not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hopes for safety. What he's referring to is the fact that, that in that time, the king was not, was not dependent on flesh, on, on natural strength, on natural ability. Now, obviously, today we have things like tanks, scud missiles, machine guns, but in those days, the horse was it. But the horse in this passage is representing much more than, than an army. It, it's representing anything that a person was putting their trust in to deliver them other than God. And so ask your neighbor again, are you hoping in the horse? I didn't hear everyone. Ask me. Come on. Right. We'll find out. Let's see. In actual fact, in Deuteronomy 17, 16, God forbade the kings of Israel to multiply their horses in case they trusted in them and not God. And so the psalmist makes this statement, I'm not putting my hope in horses because it's a vain hope. So the question is not just, are you hoping in the horse? That the the statement from the word of God is, well, if you are, it's a vain hope, meaning it's a lie. In Hebrew, the Hebrew actually means it's false, it's a sham, it's deceitful, ineffectual, and useless. And so victory was not dependent on natural means, not in position, not in human authority, not in muscle, not in brains. He said, hoping in anything that's in the natural realm is a vain hope. Now we're going to read on. I'm just building the foundation here. This is, this is the intro. Psalm 33 verse 18. Let's read on. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. So the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. And so what am I hearing? <laughs> so I thought I heard a sudden like angelic visitation or something then. It was a train. Oh. So hope in his mercy. So two options. He says you can hope in the horse and it's a vain hope. Or you can put your hope in his mercy. Hoping in the horse. And you might think, well, I don't have a horse, Vicky. Tashi does. She's got a whole heap of them out the back of her place. But you think, you're not hoping in horses today. In 2009, we don't put our hope in, in chariots and war horses. But if you are hoping in anything 
or anyone to deliver you, to fulfill you, to, to produce that which you are believing for, then you're hoping in the horse. If you are hoping in man, in a system, in anything in this natural realm, to bring to you that which you are hoping for, then your hope is in vain. It, it cannot produce. It can't help but fail you. It can't help but disappoint you. On the authority of God's word, it's a vain hope. So we have two options today. We can hope in the horse or we can hope in his mercy. Hoping in the horse hoping in his mercy. I had a vision to do what I'm doing today from the time I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. As a 19-year-old, came to the Lord Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, and it was almost immediately I started to, to have impressions and visions, if you like, of preaching before thousands. Preaching even to crowds the size of which I still am yet to see. But I had a desire to preach, move in the power of God, prophesy. The thing was, in the particular denomination, the church I was a part of, they didn't do that. Women didn't do that. Women weren't ordained. They weren't recognized in ministry. They'd not long finished wearing head coverings, like scarves and that kind of thing. I mean, we're talking about... Um, uh, a theology, a doctrine that did not recognize women as apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You understand the picture? And I had a dream of doing that, which they did not endorse or recognize as even possible for a woman to do. But I, I kind of come to the conclusion, well, I must be going to be a pastor's wife because if no one else would let me preach, he, he would have to. And so I had this, you know, desire. I mean, really, I thought I was ready at 21. Who knows that when you think you're ready or not, when you don't think you're ready, you are. And so I thought I was ready to take on the world. And I, I just didn't know how it was going to happen because, you know, they just didn't let women do that. Women didn't preach. In actual fact, I was the first woman in Australia in this particular movement to even lead praise, not worship. They didn't trust me to take them up the holy hill of worship. They still left that to men who couldn't sing. But um, I was the icebreaker. I was the icebreaker. And I remember my pastor came under incredible persecution from the national executive because he let me get up with a microphone. And once a month, I would lead them in the first three or four fast songs. And so um, that was a great start. But you know what? I was hoping things would move a little bit quicker because that's all I did in that church for 10 years. 10 years. I wanted to preach. I tried to in between the songs, but they put a stop to that. Um, I really, I so wanted to do more. I was a little bit like the donkey in Shrek. It was like every time an opportunity came up, it was like, pick me, pick me, you know. But who's seen Shrek? You know what I'm talking about? But I always seemed to be overlooked. I never led a home group. I never led youth. I never led children's church. You know, that was just my three fast songs. And I thought, God, you know, one day I, I got a revelation. I, I know why I'm being overlooked. I know why I haven't been promoted. I know why they haven't recognized my ministry. It's because I'm single. And I remember bailing up one of the pastors in the car park one night after church. Because I got the, I noticed that every time a, a couple came into the church, they'd be given a home group. They'd be given opportunities. They, and here I was, still single, and like, and I just seemed to be bypassed, bypassed. And I remember bailing him up and saying, I know why I'm not being promoted. I know why I'm not being used. It's because I'm single. I remember this poor dear pastor being bailed up against my God. I think I just had him by the collar. I was, I was that ropeable. 
But you know what I learned out of that? I was hoping in the horse. I was putting my hope in my pastor to recognize my ministry and to make a way for me. In actual fact, my hope was misplaced. There are some of you here today, your hope is misplaced. Mamma mia, your hope is misplaced. That is hot off the press. I don't know if I've ever said that before. Your hope is misplaced. You are hoping in something to bring about your heart's desire, your destiny, your dream, your promise, and your hope is misplaced. You're hoping in the horse. You're not hoping in his mercy, and you have to relocate your hope today. Your hope has to change position to shift, a hope shift, to shift your hope off the horse onto God. And it wasn't until I did that and reckoned, God, you know, I mean, if you've called me, you've called me and you're going to make a way where there is no way. And as it so happened in 1992, God shifted me from Perth, Western Australia to Brisbane, Queensland. And there in that place, thinking I was going to be there for four and a half months, God actually launched me into full-time ministry. And within 12 months, I was preaching nationally. When it happened, my goodness, it happened. Happened about 11 years after I thought I was ready. But when you hope in God, your hope isn't in vain. When you hope in the horse, your hope is a vain hope. Fruitless, ineffectual. Let me read this verse to you. From the Amplified, an Amplified version says, A horse is devoid of value for victory. Neither does he deliver any by its great power. New living, don't count on your war horse to give you victory. The message, horsepower is not the answer. Horsepower is not the answer. So whatever it is today that you are hoping for, it's good to hope for. We, we, we are hardwired for hope, if you like. Like, as human beings, we need hope or we die. Our souls thrive in an environment of hope. It doesn't matter who you are today or what you believe or what your spiritual convictions are, there would be something that deep down in your soul you are hoping for. Hoping for something to change. Hoping for something to improve. Hoping for maybe a relationship to be restored. Hoping to be healed. Hoping for a dream to come true. Hoping for something. Hope is good. But what are you hoping in to bring about that which you're hoping for to pass? And that makes a big, big difference. Let me read to you the same Psalm 33. Verse 20, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us as we hope in you. As you hope in God, his mercy is released. If you're hoping in the horse, his mercy isn't released because his mercy is only released as you hope in him. And people get so frustrated. And you get so angry when the horse doesn't deliver. Hey, we can get really angry with the horse. We can get frustrated with the horse. Try to drop the horse hints. Give the horse a cold shoulder. You know, some of us expect our spouses to deliver that which only God can deliver. And we get angry. And we get bitter and twisted when they don't deliver what we want them to deliver. But the fact is they can't. Because they're a horse. And hoping in them is a vain hope. 
but hoping in God, hoping in God delivers the mercy that you need for whatever situation you're in, whatever season you're in right now. Some of you are looking towards your future and you don't know even what to hope in, hope in God. Hope in God. You know, as good as your pastors are, they're not actually the ones responsible for bringing about your destiny. You know, as good as they can be, there are some things they cannot fix and there are some things they cannot do. And when people are hoping in pastors and leaders to produce what only God can produce, you'll be disappointed. It's a vain hope, ineffectual. But when you shift your hope onto God, now we can be hoping in God in some things, but it can just be one thing. We can just be one area. It can be just one particular thing. We're, we're inadvertently, no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, you can still hope in the horse. No matter how mature you are in Christ, there can still be challenges, moments, instances that we're just hoping in that person or that thing or that doctor or that accountant. I mean, you can have the best accountant in Geelong, but please don't hope in them to bring you out of your financial crisis. You're hoping in the horse. You can have the best surgeon, the best doctor in Australia, but don't put your hope in them to bring about your healing. But don't put your hope in the government to answer your problems. I think you're well aware of that by now. But it's amazing how many people get on the news and they start begging the government. And they start blaming the government for everything. Why? Because their hope is in the government and in, and in politicians to bring about that which only God can bring. He is our source. He is our supply. He is our answer. And as we hope in him, he releases his mercy, his goodness. I tell you what, it's a relief when you do put your hope in God. My husband and I relocated from Adelaide eight months ago to Sydney. My husband, who's an architect that actually um, had been made redundant during the economic downturn, architects and engineers all over this nation by the hundreds lost their jobs. And, uh, and in the midst of it, we relocated to Sydney, a, a, a God thing that we'd been considering for some time and just fast track things. But when we went there, we, didn't, we, we thought uh, Sydney being a, a bigger market, the economic stimulus package, you know, was, was underway, things were being built all over the place, that it wouldn't be hard for Damien to get work. And he went to all the employment agencies, all the guys who specialise in construction, architects, engineers, and submitted his resume, really expecting it wasn't going to take too long. One month went, two months went. Three months went past. It, he hadn't got a job. He hadn't, got a, uh, he hadn't even got an interview. He had one in the first week and, and no, in three months, no interviews. We're like, what's going on? He'd been an associate in his firm, the firm he worked for in Adelaide. And he's got two degrees. He's very good and specializes in, in aged care retirement villages. Actually, he has a specialization and um, he's a very clever guy and, and, and very committed. And we just couldn't believe that he wasn't, for jobs that looked like he would be perfect for, he wasn't even getting interviews. And one day we got a revelation. We'd been hoping in the horse. We'd been hoping in those employment agencies to, to see his potential, to give him an interview and to get him a position. And what's more, we were probably hoping as well in his ability, the fact that he had such great experience, great credentials, a great looking resume. And when we, when we realized that, we said, you know, God, this isn't working for us. This is ridiculous. And we shifted our hope. We repented and shifted our hope off those employment agencies and just on to God. Well, then things started to shift. 
things started to move. I mean, his mercy started to be poured out. The interview started to come. It, just, it was just such a breakthrough. And you know what? Today, I believe God wants to turn the light on. Because some of you are hoping in the horse and you don't even realize it. You're, you're, hoping, you're hoping in something to bring about what you're desiring, but you haven't realized it. Some of you think you've been justified in your misplaced hope. But God's going to switch the light on and show you. We, we never, we honestly, we wouldn't have believed we were hoping in the horse. And it was only within about six to eight weeks of that happening, interviews, actually might even have been less, might have been four to six weeks, that Damien got a position, a great position. Actually turns out to be a Christian firm. And among other things, they design churches. $15,000 a year more than he was earning in Adelaide. Smaller fish, but bigger pond. Great scope. I mean, he's as happy as a pig in you know where. But we had to shift our hope. We had to shift our hope. If you're hoping in a boss to promote you, you're hoping in the horse. If you're hoping in your wife or husband to make you happy, you're hoping in the horse. If you're hoping in your child to fulfill your unfulfilled dreams, you're hoping in the horse. If you're hoping in a bigger or newer house to satisfy you, you're hoping in the horse. If you're hoping in a BMW or a designer handbag, as nice as they would be, to give you status, you're hoping in the horse. If you're hoping in lotto or pokies to fulfill your dreams, you're hoping in the horse. And it's a vain hope. It can't deliver what you want it to. It's impossible. It's not destined to. Who remembers Joseph? Joseph was falsely accused. He was placed in a prison. And during that time he was there, two gentlemen came and uh, the chief butler and the, uh, the chief baker for Pharaoh. They came and Joseph interpreted their dreams. They were locked in prison for, for a short time. He Joseph interpreted their dreams and he said this, said to the chief butler, he said, when you are restored back to your position, don't forget me. Don't forget me. He was hoping the butler would get him out of prison. He was putting in his hope in the butler to give him a good word. He he was hoping in the butler, but you know what? The butler forgot him. It was a vain hope. Two years later, oh, something happened. I tell you what happened. I reckon during the course of that time in prison, Joseph's hope would have shifted. We'd have shifted onto God. My life's in your hands. And as we know, out he came of prison and was promoted to prime minister of Egypt in no time. And so, don't blame the horse. And the horse can't do what it's not designed to do. But shift your hope onto God. Shift your hope onto God. No matter how good your horse is, it's never good enough. You know, there's a great scripture. I've got to hear it. Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but safety and salvation is of the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. The horse does have a place. Hey, people do have a place in our life. Systems. Opportunities. I mean, they all have a place, but their place is not to deliver you. So this is good news. I tell you why it's good news. Some of you are frustrated. Some of you are so disappointed. God says his mercy will be poured out as you shift your hope. I see the bar of hope being raised up a notch in this place today. Yeah, I see the bar of hope being lifted up. But dare to believe again, church. 
dare to hope again. I see a second wind of believing and of hoping in God because God does not disappoint. God is the one who's in the position to bring your dreams to pass, to bring your desire to pass. Maybe not the way you'd formerly expected. My dream of getting married came to pass. I never thought I'd be 43. But I tell you something, our times are in God's hands. When you gave him the right to do what what he wanted to do with your life, you gave him the right to do it when. David said, my times are in your hands, O Lord. And this is a time to hope. This is a time to hope again. This is a time to put your hope in God. Not in leaders. Not in people. No, our hope is in God. Our hope is in God. Put it in him again. Relocate it. Shift it. Shift the gear up a notch. Shift the gear of hope up a notch. Dare to hope. What if I get disappointed again? Join the club. Join the club. You'll get disappointed again. Yea, verily, thus saith the Lord. You'll get disappointed again. But I tell you what, along the way, you'll have meetings and encounters with God. Along the way, he's going to move for you in ways that you would not expect and would not believe. Along the path of hope. If you haven't got your hope in him, it's never going to happen. But at least if you position yourself in hope, you're giving yourself a chance of something changing. Something breaking through. Something turning around in your family, in your business, in your relationships, in this house. Great foundation has been laid in this place. A foundation so deep, I'm telling you, that the worst of circumstances failed to blow it down. You only relocated. You came. You set up a permanent monument, a permanent, as it were, place for God to come and inhabit. But tell you what, the best years of this church is still to come. The best is still to come. And as you keep yourself positioned in hope, in hope. Hope of that fresh wind blowing. Hope of that fresh fire falling. Hope of that fresh oil being poured out by God. I'm telling you something. God wants to lift the water table of hope in your hearts today. God is bringing revelation of where ones have hoped in the horse. Of where some of you, pennies dropping. Oh, didn't even realize I was doing it. But as we say, God, we recognize that you're the only one who can bring my breakthrough. You're the only one who can heal my heart. You're the only one who can restore my soul. You're the only one who can promote me. You're the only one who can provide for me. You, you, you. And as we hope in him, his mercy is going to be poured out in Jesus' name. Go ahead, brother and sister worship leader. Return. Who's got some things that they're hoping for? Give me a wave. Hey, is there anyone here that better? You've got, you got a desire for something new. You've got a desire for something to change. There's something in your heart that's just, God, I've got a vision. I can see it differently. I know there's something new ahead. As you hope in him, his mercy is poured out. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just close our eyes right now. I want each and every one of you today just to consider your own your own relationship with God, your own spiritual condition. I don't know you all today. I, I don't know where you're positioned in relation, in relation to God. If you've made that connection with him through Jesus. Do you know Jesus? I don't know all of you. You might all do. But if you don't, if you don't today, if it's still God from a distance and not a personal relationship with him, then I want to pray for you, right? just right where you are. Right where you are. For you to admit your need for God. And by faith, to pray a prayer, 
that invites him into your life. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a powerful thing. It's the most powerful, amazing thing you can do. Maybe you haven't shifted your hope onto God for the first time. Maybe you've never done that. And today, you know you need to. To acknowledge that you need him. Or if you have done that in times past, but you're not living like it anymore. And you know you need to get back into the God zone. You need to get get right with Christ. Get, get right with the Lord. That's you today. And you say, yep, that's me. That's me. I know God's speaking to me. I know God's drawing me. I know I need to, do, to make a decision to shift my hope onto God. Onto God. My life. My life. My life. My future. My eternity. Onto God. If that's you today, just give me a wave. Just lift up your hand. Say, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. That's great. Continue. Just leave your hands up. Just leave your hands up. We're going to pray right now. If there's anyone, I feel there could still be a couple more, you know, you need to get back. You, 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 maybe you, you, you know, things have gone cold with, with God and you know you just need to get, get back on track. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Guys, let's pray. All of us. All of us. Let's pray right now. Especially those of you who've raised your hands. This is for you. I'm not putting words into your mouth, but it's so you know on this day in December 2009, hey, you shifted back. You shifted back. You shifted maybe for the first time or another time. Back into the hands of God. It's awesome decision. It's a powerful thing. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Are we all praying? I was all to pray with these ones who've raised their hands. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me to give me life. And right now, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I'm sorry I've ignored you and lived life my own way, but today I choose your way. I thank you that you love me and you have a great plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome. God hears your prayer. Okay. If you made that decision for the first time, please come and see me. Come and tell a friend you've come with, or, or if you need some support, you might be a regular in this church and you've made that decision and you need some encouragement and some support. Please, at the end of the meeting, come up and see me. I'd love to pray for you. But I want to pray now for those of you, and you know you need to make a hope shift. So, yeah, I've been barking up the wrong hope tree you know you need to relocate your hope today there's something that you're hoping for and I want to pray with you and I want to believe with you today to see that breakthrough I can see there's, there's a God's going to release encouragement God's going to release I just see hearts being revived you're going to leave this place feeling different. You're going to leave this place thinking different. Some dreams that have been dead in the grave, I see them resurrected. So if that's you, please just stand to your feet right where you are and I'm going to pray. Say, yep, 
That's good on you. Awesome. So, yep, I need to make a hope shift today. Things I'm hoping for. I'm going to reposition my hope in God. Our, His mercy is upon us just as we hope in Him. Amen. Awesome. And I want you to lift your hands to God just like you're, you're holding that thing up to Him, that area, that need, that desire. Someone here today and financially your back is to the wall and you've been, you have been hoping in something to, to bail you out. But you need today to acknowledge that God, Jehovah Jireh, is your provider. He's the one who's going to bail you out. Not that other person, not that other company, and not that, that supposed expert. God, God, God. Right now, Father, for those who have sta- stood, who are standing before you, God, hands lifted up, God. God, here is our hope. Here is the desire of our hearts. Lord, here is the thing, Lord God, that we dream of, that we need, Father. And God, right now we declare we're no longer hoping in the horse. Our hope is in you. Our hope is in God. And I thank you, Father, that your mercy is being released, Father, right now upon these ones, God, as they hope in you, as they hope in you, Lord God. We hope in you for healing, God. We hope in you, Father, for for restoration. We hope in you, Lord God, for victory. We hope in you, Lord God, for deliverance. We hope in you, Lord God, for freedom. We hope in you, Lord God, for blessing. We hope in you, Lord God, for the next level. God, I come against discouragement and disappointment and despair in Jesus' name. I thank you for your anointing right now that destroys the yoke. Father, I thank you, each one, Lord God. You know the need. You know what's going on in their hearts. And I thank you, Father, that disappointment today, discouragement and despair, Father, the power is broken in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. And we thank you for it, God. We give you thanks. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise is a great antidote to disappointment. Praise is a great power of heaven. Let's praise him. Right where you are, I just want you to thank him. Thank you, God. We thank you for the breakthrough. We thank you, Lord God, for change. We thank you, Lord God, for transformation. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. Oh, God, you are the one. You are the one who's going to pour out your mercy. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh God, your power, your power, your power, your power.